Welcome to the So Scared Halloween Special Spooktacular Scaretastic Frighttober. Woo! Theme song. guys we're back after that theme song hope it was scary got me the nemean cannon here and caitlin caitlin's here and also our dog buster is with us buster and yeah so this is our halloween special episode we're just gonna talk there's no topic really we're just gonna talk about our own personal spooky experiences that we've had right mm-hmm. yeah before we get started, though, make sure to uh, share our podcast, best way to help us, and also go to Apple and rate or review whatever. Give us five stars, however it works. The highest rating, I don't use Apple for podcasts, so I don't know how it works, but yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. Never mind. I don't know what I was going to say there. Let's get into talk about spooks. So, spooky times. Have you had any scary experiences? I've had a lot. A lot of them happened to my, like, family members, but I have one I can talk about that happened to me. Yeah, go for it. Um, I mean, well, I mean, it's really short. We lived in this house, and it was, like, pretty small. Um, I don't know how old it was, but, um, I don't know, like... I never really felt spooked or unsafe in the house, but there's a time when I was brushing my teeth. And it's in, like, that classic, like, movie thing where, like, you're brushing your teeth and then you're looking down and you look up in the mirror. And you see something in the mirror. And I saw two people. I saw a little boy and, like, a woman. And they were from, like, I don't know, like, the arrow the boys would wear, those little, like, Newsboy, like, hats, you know, the ones I'm the, talking like, about. Like, the little suspenders. Newsies, like, 1920-ish. Yeah, around that boy. time. And I saw them in the mirror. And I, like, stepped back and kind of, like, walked out of the bed bathroom with, like, teary eyes. And was like, oh my god, what the heck? And I just kind of, like, was scared for a second. And then when I went back in there, they were gone. Yeah. Yeah. That would be spooky. Because, like, your family all has... Some ghosts seeing things. Yeah. Everyone in my family can see ghosts except me. I've never seen one. So that was the only time that I've seen anything. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts on ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? Oh, 100%. Yeah? I think that, like, our souls are the spirits and sometimes they need help moving on. And maybe they're, um, I mean, there can be evil spirits, like vengeful spirits, but I think there's... A lot of the times it's just someone who needs help moving on into whatever is after life. Mm. I still don't know what I'm, I think for sure, honestly. I don't know. Perhaps there's ghosts. I'm never really sure. I think there's things that science hasn't like worked out yet that's, you know, weird and out there. Stuff like that. So it's like, man, I mean, I feel like ghosts might be a thing but also like i don't really know uh the like main experience i've ever had of something spooky is just like very minor just like yours where it was like i lived with my dad and stepmom and i would always be the first one home after school so i got home nobody was home there was no other cars and i walked in And the way it was is, like, I would enter through the garage door, which once you enter into the house from the garage, there was... I mean, you were there, but I'm explaining for the audience, I guess. But you would walk in from the garage, and there would be a staircase going down to the basement, bathroom, kitchen. And if you go through the kitchen, you can get to the rest of the house. And from the rest of the house, there's, like, a hallway into, like, my dad and stepmom's... uh, Ex-stepmom's bedroom. 
And it's like the moment I walked into the house from the garage, I just heard a woman laughing from the direction of the bedrooms at the other side of the kitchen. And I kind of was freaked out for a second. So I went downstairs first and like, you know, put away my backpack and stuff from school. And then I was like, you know, it was probably just my stepmom. Maybe I just didn't notice her car or maybe she parked somewhere else and I just didn't notice. So I went upstairs and like called out for her and walked over to the bedrooms and like I went into every room in the house checking all the rooms and there was nobody in any rooms and so I have no clue what the woman laughing was that I heard but it's like once I checked all the rooms and saw nobody was home I was like I'm going back into the basement and I'm just gonna watch YouTube and ignore this now (laughs) I'm gonna pretend that this did not happen yeah I've had times um like smaller times where they're not really that long of a story but where I'm sitting on, like, a couch or something, and I feel someone, like, very lightly, like, brushing against my hair. Mm. Or I've had a feeling of someone, like, put their hand on my shoulder, on my, uh, shoulder. And, I don't know, my grandma passed away pretty recently, so I think that might just be her, but I'm not sure. But it's still pretty spooky, like, it's meant to chill down your spine, and you just kind of, like, freeze, and you just kind of, like, put your shoulders up to your ears, and you're just like, what? Mm, I don't like it. Yeah. So I've had things like that happen to me, which some people could just be like, it was just like a wind, it was just like a draft, but like, it happens pretty often, so, I don't know. I don't know, I never have anything like that. I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just not open enough to the ghosts, and so they're like, we'll just ignore him, I don't want to mess with him. Maybe. But, I don't know. And there was a time when Colin was at work when I was in the bedroom here where we are right now. And I heard a man whisper something. And really? I told you about this. Oh, yeah. And I just kind of, like, looked around. My eyes got watery and I, like, pulled the blanket up. And I just kind of, like, sat there for a second. And I was just, like, frozen. I don't really know what he said, but I heard it loud and clear like a whisper. And there's no way that... Like, we can hear our neighbors talking, but that's if they're talking, like, really loud. Because we share, like, a wall. Like, one wall with them. But it wasn't... Like, there's no way I would have heard them whisper. Like, it's not like that. Like, the walls are... The walls aren't that thin. Yeah. So... Like, we can kind of hear them when they're yelling, but it's very faint and... You gotta, like, put your ear up to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, even if it was, like, them yelling, like, you wouldn't have heard it like a whisper. Like, you probably wouldn't have heard much of anything so. but it was weird because it wasn't like i didn't feel like breath or anything i just like heard it mm-hmm. that's weird mm-hmm. and my mom has what she calls her sixth sense where she can walk into anywhere and just like feel if there's anything there and she's came here multiple times and she says there's nothing here but i mean i've felt things and i've heard things so i don't know maybe they come and go but there was a, another time about this where my there was a house that my dad really liked. So my mom and dad went to an open house. And they walked in the house and everything's fine. And then they get to where like it, like the maid's quarters because this is a really old house. And she says she are, feels like a dark, evil, just like energy. She's like, we need to not be here anymore. As soon as she stepped into the room, it was like, you get that like heaviness. Mm. on You feel and you're just like, oh, something bad happened. And she can just feel it. And she so she was like, we gotta leave. So, ever since then, where my dad's like, oh, I love that house. My mom's like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do. It looks nice, but uh, maybe there's it's something got that, in there. I don't know if I'm correct, but it's got, like, colonial. So, it's, it's like the Home Alone house, but smaller. And it's got, like, pillars in the front and everything. So, it's really nice, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something happened there for sure. That's weird. I guess, I realize, I guess I have, I mean, yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff for a while, but, like, other stories of my experiences is, like, my first two jobs I had, well, not first, well, yeah, two jobs that I had in Hutch. I won't, like, name drop the places, but it's, like, one, I worked at a fast food restaurant, 
And we always joked around at work that's like, oh, this place is haunted. But then there'd like be times where it's like, I remember one time there was like somebody was looking through some security footage and they saw like, there was like, when you, when we're gone, like after being closed, like it would like let you know if there's movement on the cameras while nobody's there. And there was just one time that's like it gave movement like the next day, like we saw that there was movement. And so we were looking at it and it was just a camera on like the cook area and there was nothing happened, but it like detected like something moving through there. And then one of the managers said that when they were in the office in the back, they were like doing work on a computer and like a chair was facing away from them. And it was like, not a spinning chair, like a chair with legs. And they said that while they were like doing work, like the chair just spun to like face them. And then they like got out of there. <laughs> I remember also seeing on the cameras that there was like one of the fridges like slightly opened on its own when nobody was like in the restaurant at all. And then one of the big times was just like after closing, me and the other closer were like waiting by the door. And, like, we would wait by the door, and the manager that would close would set the alarm in the back and then come up and, like, open the door, and we would all leave together. And we were just standing there waiting, and then all of a sudden the manager comes, like, running from the back, and he's like, like, we gotta get out of here, we gotta go. And so we get out of the building, and we're like, what the heck was going on with you, dude? And he was like, when I was walking out of, like, the back office, like, something grabbed the back of my shirt and tried to pull me back, <laughs> And so he freaked out and, like, ran away. It was, like, that was one, my first job. And then I worked at a restaurant as a server, like, right next to that place. And we always joked about that one being haunted, too. And the only experience I had at that restaurant was, like, one time when we were closing, I was in the back doing dishes. And the way it was set up is, like, there's the dishes, there's a hallway... And that, like, this hallway in front of the dishes, like, at either side of the hallway is, like, a path going towards the front. And then there's the cook line. And so there's, like, kind of a circle. And from right there at the dishes, you can see down the hallway and you can see to the right towards the front. So you can, like, see if anybody walks by or comes to the back. And I was just sitting there doing dishes. And I look down the hallway and I see somebody in a blue shirt walk from the right across the hallway and go into the deep freeze and so i was like there's other people closing uh the cooks wear blue shirts the manager was like i thought was wearing like a button-up blue shirt i'm like okay so it's like it was probably the cook and so i'm just sitting there doing dishes and then i see the cook come from the right like nobody ever exited the deep freeze he didn't come from that direction. He came from, like, the complete opposite direction and came back and started helping with dishes. And I was like, okay, it wasn't him that went in deep freeze. It was probably the manager. Like, he might be going in there to do some count. And then he came from the right as well. I'm like, there's nobody else in here wearing a blue shirt. And so I walked over there and, like, opened the deep freeze, and there was just nobody inside of it. So it's like, I don't know who I saw walk into there. I kept watching it the whole time and never saw anybody leave it and there was nobody in there and i have no clue what happened then if i was just seeing things like i don't know i worked at this place that he's talking about for like a little bit and one of the times that i closed and you're just sitting there with only like the like kitchen area that he's talking about lights on and all the other lights are off. All the chairs are up. It's empty. And it's pretty spooky. It's just like, I don't know if that's the whole, like, places that are usually filled with people being empty is like a spooky thing. If that's what was happening. But yeah, there's times when I close that I was just kind of like, oh, I want to leave. Uh, I don't like it here. Yeah. With like, all the lights off and everything. Real, yeah. It's a It's a creepy time. I've had experiences like that, too, where it's like, a place where it's like, oh, I'm used to, like, this being full of people, and now I'm the only one here, and it's dark. Because, like, I've talked to you about, I used to, like, I'm not a Christian now, but I used to be a Christian, and I used to work for my church doing setup, and, I mean, I would have to have, like, 
the rooms like set up like chairs set up for Sunday morning and there'd be day like weeks that it's like I didn't get the chance to go do set up until Saturday after getting off work after closing and so it's like I have to go to the church around one in the morning in the middle of the night by myself and set up chairs and all the lights in the church are motion detector. So it's like I walk in from the front and all the lights in the front lobby turn on. You go to the hallway, all the lights in the hallway turn on. And then when I go into the rooms, like the lights turn on. And after them being on for a while, if there's no motion, all the lights turn off. And so it's like the way it was like the chairs were set up is like all of them were stored in a room on one side of the hallway. And I had to move them all with a dolly into a room on the other side of the hallway. So there's a lot of moving back and forth through those rooms in the hallways and so me always being kind of spooked and scared and also being in a giant church that I'm used to being full of people by myself was like creepy. So I'm always like looking all over my, like around myself, looking over my shoulder constantly. And so while I'm moving chairs, I would look down the hallway towards the lobby and I would see like, oh, it's been long enough. Like the lights in the lobby have turned off now. And then I would keep moving. And this one time it's like, while I'm going, I look down the hallway and all of a sudden, the lights in the lobby are back on, even though I had seen them off, like, just a little while ago. And, like, they don't turn on unless somebody walks through there. And so that really creeped me out. Um, I walked down there. Like, I walked around. There was nobody around. Uh, I just quickly, like, finished up setting and got up, the, like, got out of there. Because, like, I couldn't leave without finishing setting up. But also, like... I was really creeped out because, like, motion detector lights just, like, turned on on their own somehow. Yeah. I had, like, a night a sleepover thing at school one time with my choir. So it was just us and, like, maybe eight or nine other people, students, and one of them being, like, our teacher. And so it's, like, a giant high school, just, like, empty and we played hide and seek. And obviously all the lights are off. And I was like, I'm not going to hide in the dark out here. <laughs> so I went into the bathroom. And in the bathroom, the lights are motion detected. So it's like you had to go in there. You had to put your feet up and everything so they couldn't see you. And then you had to sit still that whole time so the lights weren't on. So when someone comes in there to look for you, the lights turn on then. Because they, like, you know... Because yeah. they walked in. Because if the lights were on before they walked it, then... They like, would know you there. They would know you were in there. So, that was pretty spooky. And, like, the only lights that were on was, like, the choir room. Because that's where we were going to, like, all sleep. Um, and then our choir teacher was going to sleep in the drama room. Which was just, like, down the hallway. Yeah. So, that's, like, the only little area where the lights are on. And then, like, all the classroom doors are locked in and everything. So, you can go hide in there. But, yeah, it's like, you would go up the stairs and walk down the hallway up there, and you just walk past the empty, dark classrooms in the dark hallway, and it was just really spooky. Yeah, that, I've never been in, I didn't do that, but yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> I would do, like, sleepovers at my church, like we did all-nighters, and I always remember kind of being spooked out by those but, I mean, nothing ever crazy happened. I remember people telling stories of, like, ooh, there's a green ghost in our church. But it's, like, I would always be, like, freaked out, like, oh, I'm going to see a ghost and it's going to be green. And it's, like, oh, man. But it's, like, I would never see anything. I never saw anything when I was at the high school sleepover thing. But it's just that, like I said, just the constant, like, looking over your shoulder, like. Yeah, you're just, like, constantly, like, oh, man, like, what if something is here? Yeah, and like, how our high school is set up is, like, that main building, it's, like, one wall is just like floor to ceiling window so it's oh, like yeah. you're looking so you out, see out of the window out into the night where there's like an empty giant parking lot and it's just kind of it's just scary yeah i remember that that would be creepy and then you walk past the empty dark auditorium that's right there and it's just like oof vibes are not good it's spooky <sighs> vibes are not immaculate right now yeah, I remember uh, another church one. I went on a trip with my church to Kansas City. And we 
played like hide and seek in this church at night as well. And like this church was old. Like it was like a really old looking church and it was dark inside and it was just real creepy. And it's like, I just, re- like, nothing super crazy happened, but I just remember, like, we were all, we were playing sardines, which is where one person hides, and then when you find them, you hide with them until, like, everybody finds the person. And we were looking for the person, and there was just this one room that, like, I thought people had looked in, had searched, but every time I lo- walked by, I'm like, I don't think anybody's actually searched it. So I thought about going into it. But it was just completely black. Like, there was no lights. It was just completely black in there. I'm like, nah, nobody's in there. And I'd walk away. And then it ended up the person was hiding in there. But I was like, it was just too creepy to, like, go in there. Fun fact, that trip and at that church is also uh, when I learned what necrophilia was when I was, like, 12 or 13 or whatever. That's great. Fun time. Um... My family started a thing where we play hide-and-seek in the dark in our house. So, we turn off all the lights after we've, like, gone to hide. And the person who's going to, like, seek hides in the bathroom with, like, the lights on. And then they count. And once you count, like, are done counting to the number, you go out and you turn off the bathroom light and you gotta go find everybody. But that's kind of what it was like where it's, like, the ro- one of the rooms is, like, pitch black. Especially if you're in the basement. And there's, like, the the under-the-stairs closet type thing. And you just kind of put your hand in there and you go... And then you're like, okay, they're not in there. Yeah, the under the stairs. You don't want to, you don't want to like go in there, in there. Yeah, that 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 that's creepy. Like, so you're just like, oh, they're not in there, ha! And then you kind of move on. So Buster's gonna sniff the microphone now. Buster, well, make the sound better. You gonna sniff the microphone? Say hi. Hello. Do you have any like? ghost stories oh buster okay i have ghost stories but they're not mine they're like my family's so i would be retelling them from like a while ago yeah that's fine i just mean like because i remember when i was a kid well actually starting right stopping right here before we get into ghost stories let's hear from our sponsor pew 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 transition music If you're listening to this, I'm guessing you like true crime. And even if you don't like true crime, hear me out for a second, because I've got something great to tell you about. It is the E-Lit Horror Silver Medal Awarded Book, Crazy Is As Crazy Does The Life of a Serial Killer, by John H. Mudgett. This book is a tensely clever, first-person, psychological horror-slash-thriller that deep dives into the world of an experienced serial killer. The paperback version is available for purchase via Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and is free for Kindle Unlimited readers as an ebook. It is a graphic tale, just as the cover suggests, about the fictional protagonist, John Goodman. He is an amalgam of human predation and darkness carefully stitched from the ragged shreds of multiple serial killers and mass murderers' lives. Although he is fictional, the scenarios throughout the dark life of Mr. Goodman are firmly rooted in historical characters and events. Crazy is as crazy does, the life of a serial killer tells the story of John growing from a timid criminal into a prolific serial killer, a master of deception, taking you through his 75-year life, ending shortly after the capture of the Golden State Killer in 2008. However, like all unreliable narrators, you will be forced to grapple with an important question. Can you accurately separate fact from Goodman's twisted fiction? You'll quickly learn that the real horror unfolding is twofold. The murderous activities described by Goodman himself and the twisted transformations of those around him culminating in a shocking, high-stakes ending. I invite you to check it out on Amazon. It's free to Kindle Unlimited readers. 
That's Crazy Is As Crazy Does, The Life of a Serial Killer by John H. Mudgett. Put your own mind through the test. Can you separate the fiction from the true crimes? Whoa, wowee. Uh, yeah, that was a great ad right there. Uh, same ad you heard in the last episode, but hopefully you still like it. Or if this is your first episode, you can go back and listen to the last episode and hear that ad again. But let's get into some ghost stories. Uh, so, like, I, I was just, like, the main thing I was thinking of is, like, when I was a kid, uh, we went to this church camp. And it's like it was the same camp we would go to like every year for like so I went to that camp like three years in a row. And it was just like every time we were there, it's like we had stories of like there's the deer woman. Like have you ever heard the folk tale of like the deer woman? No. No. It's essentially oh, it's been a while since I've really looked into the deer woman. But if I remember correctly, back in old days there were stories of like essentially like dances at bonfires and like a woman would try to seduce like a man and like take him off like away from there and she would kill him and it's like the only way to know who she was is to look at her feet while she's dancing and she would have hooves and she was like the deer woman and so at this camp we would always tell stories of like the deer woman uh being out there and so like, you just, like, kind of joke about, like, oh, the deer woman's out there. Like, she's trying to get you. Or, like, oh. And, like, one of the years there was, like, a hayride. And so I remember just, like, this was my first year there. And my first year there was my brother's last year going. And so we were both on the hayride. And then, like, from the side we just, like, saw some, like, deer run through some bushes and run away. And most likely my brother was making this up to scare me because I was a child and he was an older brother. So, like, of course he would make it up. But I just remember, like, after the deers run away, him being like, I saw blonde hair. And I was like, what? And he was like, when the deers ran by, like, there was, like, long blonde hair there with them. And I was like, the deer woman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything like that because I didn't go to church camp or anything because I didn't go to church. You didn't do anything at all. Um... But I have, like, family stories that my... So, obviously, like, my parents... My parents... My mom and my siblings have seen ghosts. And there's a story where... I think my sister was, like... I don't know why my sister went into my parents' bedroom. But she went into my parents' bedroom and she laid down with them. And so she... My mom was, like, talking to my sister. And all of a sudden, my sister has this weird look on her face. And she's looking up in, like, the corner of the of the room. Like, in the corner of the ceiling. Uh. And my mom's like, do you see something? And my sister's like, I see a blue guy and he's got like a, a big hat on. You gotta see a blue ghost. And my mom go- my mom turns to my dad and goes, see, I told you. <laughs> because my mom had told my dad what she saw before my sister got in there. And my dad didn't believe her because mm. he couldn't see it. But my sister saw it. And so I guess my mom had seen that ghost um, in our house a while, like, a, a couple times, and she said that, like, I don't remember if she said, if this was the time that she did this or not, but she was like, we don't want you here, we need you to leave, that whole thing where you're supposed to be, like, respectful and everything, um, and I don't remember if this is the time he left or if there was another time, but, like, he just eventually disappeared. In that same house, um, I have more ghost stories from that same house of my siblings, because my sibling, my, both of my brothers were pretty young. All of us were pretty young. But my dad worked, like, weird shifts. So there was a time where he was sitting at his computer. Um, like, he always would. He'd be, like, messing with his iTunes or whatever. The, like, age of line wire and all that. <laughs> and um, I guess my dad would hear things in the middle of the night. And my mom would be like, my dad would be like, Debbie, that's my mom's name. Tell your demon friends to shut up. <laughs> Because he would just be, like, they'd be, like, whispering to him or, like, taunting him. And so, eventually, he just was just got angry. He was just like, can you tell them to stop? <laughs> but that was, like, that house had a lot of stories. So, I don't know if you want me to tell all of them now or... <laughs> you don't have to tell them all now. We can save some for other times, too. But 
There's a really spooky one that I kind of want to tell. It wasn't from that house, but it was... My mom was a school bus driver for a while. And my mom would obviously, like, take us to my sister to school on it sometimes. Um, like, before everybody else. So, and I it was too small to remember anything. Like, I was so small, I was in, like, the baby car seat, right? Um, but she told me the story about how she was... I don't know why she was kind of out, out, out there where there's, like a lot of space in between houses are right and it's that whole like creepy house in the middle of nowhere like courage cowardly dog type house and she said she saw like four people just like standing out in front of it and it was like an, an old guy like dressed in like overalls and stuff and then like three other people and I don't remember how she explained them but she like drove past it kind of saw it in the corner of her eye and then like double checked and it was gone Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. Um, she probably would give more details and make it more creepy, but I have a bad memory, so <laughs> it's like if she didn't tell me the story again, like yesterday, I wouldn't be able to repeat it. Yeah. There is like, I was gonna say another one from that camp that I can talk about because like there was the deer woman. The main two at that camp was deer woman. And the butcher. And we would always tell stories of, like, the butcher. Well, actually, there was another one. But I can't remember what we called it. I can't remember what it was called. But there was, like, there was the deer woman, the butcher, and then this other one. And the butcher was essentially just, like, I mean, we would tell stories of, like, ooh, there was, like, there's an insane asylum nearby this camp. I don't know if there actually is. Now that I'm older, I do not remember the name of the camp, so I cannot look up where it is or if there actually was an asylum. Did it start with a W? I don't think so. I feel like it had the name of a bird. Because I've I've been to one church camp, and it was for one of my friends. And it had the whole, like, lake thing and the cabins and everything. Oh, we didn't have a lake. So we had a lake, and there was, like, a boy's cabin and, like, a girl's cabin. And then there was, like, a main building where you'd go for, like, the church stuff and all that. Um, And so that's, I was like, I wonder if that's where you went. Because it started with a W, but it was one of those, like, names that you can't really pronounce correctly. Yeah. If you're white and stupid like (laughs) I am. No, I don't think that's the same one I went to. But it's like we would tell the story, like people would tell stories of like, ooh, there's an insane asylum nearby and like this dude broke out and he's a butcher and now he like lives in the woods by the camp and like he like will kidnap little kids and kill them and stuff. And it was like kind of creepy because there was like, I, I don't believe any of these stories now. I mean, I don't think that's real. But it's like there was like, I remember being scared as a kid because there was like a hiking path. And there was a lot of branching paths and there was like a direction of the path you could take where there was just big concrete blocks. And it looked like as if in a video game, imagine like in a video game there being a puzzle where it's like, oh, there's supposed to be a bridge, but all the pieces are like moved and you have to move them back together to make a bridge. It looked like that. Like it looked like it was meant to be a long concrete bridge. But all of the segments were cut into cubes and then slid away from each other. But I remember finding those with some friends and we were looking at them. And it's like one of them was hollow. And there was just like a square doorway in it. And like we didn't get too close to it. But it's like when we found it we were like that's where the butcher lives. Like he lives inside of there. And then we left because we were freaked out because we were like, what the heck is this place? Oh my gosh. It's like, I don't know why that was like that, but, and then the other story of around there was just like something about like, like an indigenous, like native American kid, like being out there, like a ghost of a kid and like him, like doing something. I cannot remember that one though. That one was less, there was like, that one I also got spooked by because I was a kid and this was probably just my friends messing with me or all of us just being hyper scared. But it's like along that path going a different direction, there was like a lot of like tall grass and like we would hear like rustling in the grass and we thought it was this kid, like his ghost out there. probably just a bunny or something. It was probably just a bunny or like a something like A squirrel small. or something. Yeah. But it's like we got freaked out. 
and like we would leave. But it's like, yeah. You could talk about Little Boy Blue, since that's kind of a local thing. I was going to talk about Little Boy Blue, possibly. We grew up in Hutch. Well, I grew up in Hutch. Caitlin is from Hutch as well. But he said I didn't grow up in Hutch. The way the reason he said that is because I moved back and forth to like an hour out of Chicago. And I'm not going to be that person who's like, I'm from Chicago if I'm actually not. So it's like, an, we were like the suburbs of it, right? Like the hour from the city type thing. So we moved back and forth. And that house where, like, a bunch of the spooky things happened, it was an apartment in an apartment building in the suburbs or, like, the hour out of Chicago type place. Okay. So that's why he said it like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, grew up in a couple places. But it's, like, in Hutch, like, kind of in between, like, Hutch and Bueller, kind of, there's, like, a road. I can't remember the name of the road now. But it's, like, people tell a story of, like, Little Boy Blue out there. And it's, like, the story is, like, if you go to this certain area, there's, like, an old barn house. And the story is that some biker gang was out there and they found this little boy. And they, like, kind of tortured him in there. And then they, like, drowned him in a pond by the barn house. And we're, like, oh, he's turning blue because he can't breathe. Can you breathe, Little Boy Blue? Breathe. And then he died. And so now, like, the whole story is if you drive out there, turn off your car and, like, roll like roll down your windows and, like, call out for little boy Blue, then, like, he's supposed to show up. Or, like, you see a light down the road from you, like, coming towards you. And I've done it a couple of times with a friend. And Caitlin was with me one of the times. And I mean, like, I don't know. The first time I did it without Caitlin, like, we saw a light down the road, but it's like, it also could have just been a car or something or somebody's, like, porch light. And then I can't remember if anything happened when I did it with you. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember because I was uh, paralyzed with fear because I yeah. hated you guys. Because she was mad. I was like, if you guys roll down the windows and turn off the car, I'm going to be angry. Because, like, what if there's, like, a crazy-ass crackhead, because our city is not that great, (laughs) out here just chilling, being, like, ready to come out here and, like, rob our car or, like, something. Like, something happens and we can't get away, right? So I was like, do not do that. And Marshall started to, like, our friend, started to do that and, like, roll down the windows and turn off the car. And I was was just, like, yelling at everybody because I was like, you better effing not. Like, you better not stop. You better put this on you. No. Yeah. I was just like, well, you're not doing this right now. I did not have the guts. Do it without me. (laughs) Yeah. Which also, our friend Marshall, who he was, I did it both the times I did it was with him. And he's our friend from the After Hours podcast. So if you want to hear from him, I think they did a Halloween special this last thursday so go check out their podcast and hear what he has to say about some halloween spook stuff but yeah i was like you're not doing it with me yeah caitlin was very upset that we rolled down the window which i didn't roll down my window marshall rolled down his and yelled out and i was just waiting for him to be a little freaking butthead and roll down my window and i was (laughs) like if he does i might cry yeah Like, I might start crying. And especially since I feel like I'm so, even though I haven't really seen any ghosts besides that one time, um, I was like, I'm, like, I'm open, obviously. Like, they follow me and they, like, they're, they know. So I don't want to. Yeah. It's like, also, I was going to say, like, both times, like, as I've said, I'm normally kind of scared and always, like, nervous. But both times I did Little Boy Blue... I was honestly, like, more curious and, like, open to doing it. And that's mainly because I was with Marshall. Because anytime I'm out doing something with Marshall, I always, like... He's a skeptic. And so he doesn't believe in it. And then also I'm always like, ah, Marshall, if something happens, he can, like... He can defend against somebody. Like, he's had a lot of life experiences. So it's like, whenever I'm with Marshall, I'm always like, yeah, it's like, we're fine. We can do stuff. I've done other stuff with Marshall where it's like... If it was with somebody else other than him, I probably would not have done it. Oh, for sure. I wasn't wanting to do it either, but I was like, we can go. Just, like, don't roll down my window. Yeah. Um, Because I was like, yeah, that's how I feel, too. If you're listening to this, Marshall, you're, like, protector. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the first time I did it without Caitlin, honestly, 
I think I was pretty close to Marshall and I, like, getting out of the car after, like, when we saw the light, getting out of the car and, like, going and investigating. But we were also there with my best friend, Mitchell, and his then-girlfriend, and she was freaking out. And Mitchell was like, can we go? Because, like, she was freaking out so much. And so instead of, like, Marshall and I getting out, we were like, okay. And so we left. Uh, but it's like, I mean, I don't know. I know Marshall's gone a lot more. I th- remember on one of his episodes of the After Hours podcast, he's talked about it. But he's done it with friends before. And he's said, like, one of his friends, they did get out of the car. And one of his friends said that he heard, like, a motorcycle drive by. Which is like the biker gang can't gang was supposed to have killed the kid, so it's like ooh, but I mean, who really knows? And I mean, I've never really like ghosts tend to just kind of give me a glance. They don't use a lot of energy to kind of stay like they do with my parents and stuff. So I've seen things like out of the corner of my eye, then I look and it's not there. So I've seen like. I don't know. My mind is just really creative or something. Because I've seen, like, straight up, like, monsters out of, like, a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Out of the corner of my eye. Like, and I look and I'm like... And it's gone. So... <sighs> That's not fun. My brain likes to do that to me a lot. Yeah, I don't like that. Even if I'm not scared or anything, it just happens randomly. And I'm just like, oh, that was there. That's great. And, I mean, I've never been, like tested in my brain or anything so i don't know if that has anything to do with like maybe i just have mild hallucinations i don't know (laughs) um but my family they have a lot of stories that i don't like i've never seen yeah but i can imagine what they're talking about so yeah uh one that's a little bit more lighthearted of a story this also involves marshall but by Hutch, there's the Sand Hills State Park. The state Sand Hills State Park, is something that, like that. Sand Hills, Sand Hills Park, whatever. Sand Hills, Sand Hills is by Hutch, and I mean, I was like, there. Some of the people in Hutch have stories of like, oh, there's a crazy dude that lives in like Sand Hills in the woods, and like, if you see a lean to, then that means he's been there, and that's where he stayed. Which a lean to, if you don't know, is essentially like a kind of like a shelter you can make in the woods where you like lean branches up against like a thing and you can like get underneath them and be protected from the elements and it's just kind of funny because people tell those stories and that means people go out there and if they see a lean-to they're like oh my gosh that crazy killer was here but marshall would often camp out and sand hills and he would make lean twos while he camped out and he would sleep under them so essentially this crazy killer that was in the woods was really just marshall making lean twos and camping out and people finding them and being freaked out <laughs> so if i came across that in sand hills i'd be spooked too sand, yeah. sand hills has a vibe sand hills i've been there you're not supposed to go there after dark but i mean i've been there at like 12 at night we went to that re- that one time really early to go scar- stargaze with Mitchell, remember? Yeah. yeah, we went stargazing. I've gone with another friend of mine, Josiah, like, uh, with just me and him. And it's like, when you're there, like, in the middle of the night, like, 12, like, 1 in the morning, something, like, you're not supposed to. But if you are there, it is really creepy. We were, we and I and Mitchell were there at, like, 3 in the morning because we were looking for, um... There was like a cosmic star thing. There was a a meteor shower. I yeah, when we were wa- we wanted to watch it. Yeah, which um, we did watch, and it was really. I don't nice. remember if it was Mitchell or Marshall that we wanted. That was Mitchell, I think. Yeah, well, I'm t- I'm talking about like in the daytime too. Yeah, even in the day, it's, it's also still kind creepy. of like mm, it's got a vibe that you're just kind of like I don't know. Yeah the the main path I'd always take is just like you park and there's woods and you walk through the woods and then it comes to like an open like field with like a hill and stuff and it's like and those then you can woods hike up the hill. yeah and it's like those woods that you initially walk through it's like you can't see very far and Mm-mm. it's just like really creepy it's really scary it's a weird place but that's also the so once you get out of the woods you're like okay okay it's so much more open but then there's like multiple paths that like lead back into the woods and i'm like i I, I don't walk those paths i stay away from there uh as far as you could talk about the one time you guys like 
explore that abandoned place. Yeah, I was actually going to say with, like, me and Marshall, when we went to, like, yeah, there was, like, this, uh, Marshall had, like, messaged me. He was like, hey, do you want to go check out this place I found? And I was like, okay. And so it's like we head northwest out of Hutch, just, like, out into nowhere where, like, there's just farms. And there was just, like, this abandoned, like, building just out there that he found and we went and checked it out and it was like near sunset so it was like it was light out but by the time we were leaving it was dark but it's like we were just walking around there was like an upside down pentagram which was most likely just some kids thinking they were drawing a pentagram but then drew it upside down because they're just kids (laughs) and i don't know nothing really happened we were expecting to find more or maybe hoping to find more but it was just like it was just a big metal building and then there was just like some trees around it and we like walked around for a little bit we tried to walk kind of further behind the building but like the grass was so tall in the back like you couldn't walk through it like there was no way to get through all of that well what about that place um by where you used to live on sherman that was like an old brick building that people had stories about oh that one that was like down the street it was like an old factory or something yeah i don't really remember like what the stories were i know like one halloween me and my friend mitchell and his then girlfriend like we were hanging out halloween and like we went and checked that out and she she was the one that was freaking out when we did little boy blue but this halloween night she was like let's go inside of it and like mitchell and i were like no i I don't want to like break and enter in this place but it was like we just hung out outside of it for a bit and it's like i don't know i don't know what the stories are of it but it's like an old factory and it's like boarded up like you can't get inside like it's just empty and abandoned it's really weird just in the middle of hutch it's one of those places where people kind of dare you to go into it but you probably shouldn't because you know even if it's not something supernatural there could be like there could be homeless Some drugged people. Up people in there. Not to say that, that like homeless people are creepy, but in our Just, town there could be some crazy crackheads in there. Yeah. Where, Hutch like, is really bad with drugs. <laughs> where you're just, you go in there and you're just like asking to get hit in the face because you're going to surprise whoever's in there. Yeah. There's a but it's, it's like spooky and abandoned and the windows are all gross. And I mean, there's so many places like that in Hutch that are just abandoned and like broken out windows and that are like spooky places that if you abandoned, if you like went through them at three in the morning, it'd be really scary. Yeah. To travel and like, not travel, explore. Yeah, there's some creepy places. I won't get into too much detail in other. I won't. I won't get into other things. But it's like Marsh, Marshall and I have explored a couple other places in Hutch that were like abandoned. And it's like nothing really happened, but it's just like that feeling of like being in somewhere that's like nobody's been here in a long time and it's just really weird and empty and dark but i won't get into it because i don't know if it was uh legal and <laughs> get in trouble so i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> i can say one of my really spooky stories sure my brother i don't remember how old he was at the time but he was really young and it was the middle of the night and i don't know why he was up or why he was walking down the hallway but he said he saw a woman in a white dress with really long hair like the whole covering her face thing like like the grudge sprint across the kitchen and like Mm. disappear and he told my mom that and my mom like obviously she believed him because she probably and i remember she i think she had seen it before herself too but that's something that's like i think about all the time because my brother was really young and he saw it like sprint across the kitchen and it's just she it's just like the vision of that kind of like grudge type woman yeah i don't like that Uh. and there's just a bunch of stories in that house of like oh there's like a woman with no feet and she's like floating Uh. and my baby brother lucas he's he was a baby at this point like baby baby would always do that baby thing where he's staring up on into a corner of the ceiling and he starts crying. Yeah, my I was gonna say like my nephew did that. I I told Caitlin the story outside of the podcast recently, but like 
for you guys. There was just, like, a time that, like, my brother and her husband were, like, gone for, like, a church camp. They were counselors. And so I went to, like, over the weekend while they were gone, stayed with her and my nephew at their house. And there was just, like, one night we stayed up late watching all of the Matrix trilogy. And, like, my nephew was up, and it was, like, about time for him to go to sleep. And my sister left the living room to go to the bathroom, so it was just my nephew and I. And we were just sitting there. And then he just, like looks up into the corner of the room and he's just like staring at it and i'm like what is it and he's just looking at it and then my sister starts to come back and then he just like stops staring up there and then my sister comes back into the room and i'm like uh put your son to sleep i don't want him out here anymore <laughs> this is creepy i don't like this <laughs> And we have three cats, and our cats like to do that a lot, where they just kind of stare up into the ceiling. And you know when it, they're, the difference between them looking at a bug and them looking at something else? Because when they're looking at a bug, their eyes get all big, and they're like... They're like, yeah, and, and they're, they're like, like following it. it. And they do like the little chirp, like... <laughs> yeah, like they're like yeah. on the hunt. But they weren't doing that. They just stare up into the ceiling, and then they get like slowly look back down, and then they do the whole like close their eyes and like look their lips thing. And you're just like, why were you... What? What were you what looking at? What was up there? <laughs> What are you looking at? Yeah, that's a not fun. And a really spooky time is my nephew, um, Kinzer, he's like two now, was looking into his bedroom as a baby. And he was just like hooked on whatever was in his bedroom he was definitely staring at. Um, and he was kind of staring like not up at the ceiling, but kind of up like it was an adult. And he was, like, smiling and, like, laughing and, like, was really happy and just, like, staring at this thing. And my sister got a video of it. And he, like, was just in awe at whatever it was. But there was nothing in there. His TV wasn't on. There was, like, there wasn't, like, a toy going off or anything for him to, like, get his attention. He just had his attention grabbed onto something. Hmm. I don't like that. Oh, I'm trying to think of anything else that's ever happened to me. And I don't, I don't really do a lot. So it's like, I don't really have a lot of stories. What about you? I mean, I know you have a lot of stories of your family at that house. Mm-hmm. But you can tell some if you want. Well, there was a house where we moved back from Illinois to uh, Kansas. Um, like the first house that we lived in when we came back. And I remember walking just down the block with my sister and I saw like a man at the stop sign down the street and it was one of those things where I kind of saw it and like turned away and didn't see it anymore but it was really weird and he was just kind of standing there like spooky monsters do in movies where they just Uh. kind of stand there and I like turned to my sister and I think I told her and I looked back and it was gone and she was just like you're crazy but I've had things like that happen to me where I see something and I'm just like, I don't know what that was, but okay, cool. Thanks guy. And of course, to make it worse to play on my imagination, this is kind of like lighthearted. My parents would play pranks on us. Like they go outside and they turn off the breaker box. So you can't shut on the lights and they come back inside and they like scratch at your door or there was times where before my sister and I went to sleep, our parents got in our closet and started to scratch out our closet door while we were trying to sleep. And they would scare the flying freaking flip out of us. Your parents are kind of crazy. And there was one time we were coming back from like Michigan cause, and it was late at night. Like we went late at night to like see the moon and like it be nice with like the waves and everything. So we were coming back and my mom goes, there's a man running after us, behind us in the uh, the car. And obviously we're all so young that we were not we were not about to turn around and look. And then she'd be like, oh, he's under the seats now, put your feet up. He's in the car, he's under the seats. And so the whole time we're like, oh, mom, stop it. Oh my God, he's gonna kill us. And, and then she'd be like, he's on top of the car now. And she'd do things like that to us all the time. And it's just like, why? Why would you do that to me? Yeah, that's a really messed up. Uh... Um, and there's one time I'm not going to talk about that. It might be too much. But um, my and my mom liked to do this thing where if I was acting up, 
she'd put a blanket over her like a ghost. Like, literally any blanket. It could be like a Batman blanket. And she'd start going, ooh, or she'd go, (laughs) and it would spook the freaking crap out of me. And I'd be like, mom, stop it. And it'd like hit her lightly and he'd be like, stop it. And I'd get really scared. (laughs) And I don't know freaking why, but it just scared the freaking crap out of me. And she loved to freaking do it to us. That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did she put the blanket on top of herself in front of you? Yes. And that would still (laughs) scare you. Yeah. (laughs) Like... If you'd done it, like, in a different room and then came into the room, like, okay, yeah, I can see. That's creepy. But she does it in front of you. Yeah. (laughs) Did it in front of you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess if we're running out of things to talk about, we can close out. I was going to say we can close out with, like, a couple of stories of possibly when you felt, like, the most scared. Like, Rosie! Don't look at me. She just stops scratching and just stares at me. Uh, maybe times that you felt the most scared, like, for yourself. Like, when you felt, like, in danger. Have you ever felt in danger? Physically? Whether it be from, like, a person or anything? That isn't childhood trauma? No, um, yeah, other than that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it's probably going to be a downer. So, sorry in advance. But there was a time where my sister and I, and um, one of her best, like, childhood best friends that, like, lived right down the street, she would come over with, like, a bunch of food, and we'd eat the food, and then we'd, like, hang out, and we'd, like, tell stories and stuff. And we went outside, and we would do this thing where, like, it was a busy street during the day, but at night it was never busy. So we'd, like, go out in the street with no shoes on and, like, sit in the middle of the street. Or just, like, dance and run around in the middle of the street because it was, like, we didn't get to do that during the day. So it was kind of fun to do it in the middle of the night, like, 3 in the morning. And I don't... I think my parents were asleep or at work. I don't remember. But we were outside and some random man just, like, shows up, like, walking. And he's like, have you guys seen my cat? Can you guys help me find my cat? Just, like, up to us three young children like asking if he could help us find our his cat and i told i cannot tell you how fast all of us ran into the house yeah it's like that's just something that's like it was three in the morning like there's no way that you need us to help you find your cat like yeah like you want us to for something else so that's something that i can remember remember that i was just like oh my fucking god like this guy's gonna kill us or something else. So that was the time where we just like ran into the house and locked the door and didn't go back out that night. Yeah, that's a that's a scary time. Mine aren't nearly as like that. The main like two things I can think of of like one wasn't like there wasn't an active threat to me. It was just like a kind of situation that made me be like, wow, this is not super safe. Was just like I've told you, but it's like when I went on a missions trip to Nicaragua with my church, uh, we flew into Managua and then like after a day or two of being in Managua, we drove up to this little town, Jalapa, which was up near the border of Honduras in Nicaragua. And like the hotel we were staying at in Jalapa, just like there was like a big like concrete fence like around the whole hotel and the only way into it was like a metal gate and like at night there was like nights like we would stay up late and like be like all hanging out and like talking to each other and while we were staying up late like this hotel like had a guard with just a big assault rifle and he's just walking around the grounds with like a giant assault rifle like making sure nothing happens at the hotel. And it's just like, just a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm in a very small town in Nicaragua where something crazy could very possibly happen that isn't safe. And it's in a situation where it's like, we need to have a dude with an assault rifle pretty much like protecting where we're staying. And it's like, this is a... 
like just like a, a you know a moment where I'm like oh this is like not the safest thing ever in my life but like it wasn't super dangerous but it's just like crazy I think I have another story that might be better in terms of like wow factor right, you can do yours and it's, then i'll do mine it's in the in that same house that where that creepy guy was um there was like a drunk driving accident and the car had flipped over and was in our front yard right next to the window where i was sleeping and for some reason that night i decided i wanted to sleep in the living room i don't know my sister was bothering me or something so i was sleeping on the couch in the living room Against the wall where there was a window. And you hear this big, like, crashing. You hear, like, lots of glass. And you just hear, uh, of a man dying in your front yard. And my sister runs out of her bed, out of the bedroom and, like, comes and checks on me because I was right there by the window. And my dad had this glass, really nice glass curio. And if this doesn't tell you about my childhood, then I don't know what will. She thought that that had fallen because she heard the glass and it was really loud, right? And that had a bunch of stuff in it. So it falling would be really loud. And I mean, we were kids, so we don't know what a car accident sounds like. And that she runs in there thinking that that had fallen. And then when she realized it was a car accident, she like sat on the couch and like held me because she was like, if that car had like flew and like spun anymore, it would have landed on the house right where I was sleeping and would have killed me. Mm. And... I remember I was just sitting there all night looking through the window, like, at this accident and this guy being, like, telling the other guy, don't move, don't move, because there was a car on top of him. Yeah. Stop <laughs> struggling. Like, you need to stay here. Yeah, you got to And the guy just, like, place. groaning. And the fucking police taking forever to get there. Then them taking forever to clean it up and leave. And that was probably, like, the most dramatic thing that's happened to me that, like, wasn't in my control like it wasn't my family yeah like, that happened and i'll never forget it and people were talking about it at school the next day and i was like that happened in my front yard <laughs> like i was sleeping right next to the window where it happened like yeah. i could open my window and there's a front car like a car just flipped over on its top yeah my yeah that's a. Uh... that's really crazy <laughs> My last one is kind of similar because it's also a car thing. It happened more recently. It's nothing super dramatic. It's just like if things had just gone slightly different like with yours, it's like very possibly I could have been hurt or killed or my brother could have. Because like my brother gave me a ride home from work and so we stopped by a CD trading post on the way home because he wanted to check for like some old games, see if they had anything. And so rather than parking by the CD trading post, he parked a little bit away from it closer to the street with like a electric pole like right in front of his car because he was like I don't want to be over there where all the other cars are in case like somebody accidentally hits me and so we go inside the CD train post and then we're coming back out I walk around to the other side of the car he's on one side and then all of a sudden a big SUV just slams into that electric pole right in front of his car and it's like, it ended up being an old couple inside of that. And the old man just accidentally stepped on the acceleration instead of the brake when he was turning into the parking lot. And it's like, if he had just turned a little bit more than he had, he would have slammed into my brother's car, possibly hit my brother against his car, most likely would have pushed the car into me. And it's like, if he had just turned a little bit more than he had, like, he would have hit us. And that wouldn't have been good. Also, it was ironic that my brother parked there to make sure to be, like, safe from somebody hitting his car. And then he almost got his car hit anyway. So, mm -hmm. that was a fun experience of, like... Like, when that car hit that pole, like, I jumped into the air because I was like freaked out and i was like what the heck just happened and like it scared me but yeah i think that's all i have to talk about today mm -hmm. how about you i mean i have another story i just thought about but like we can save it for another time okay we can save it for another time um for everybody listening if you have your own stories of ghosts or scary people or life-threatening instances or whatever you want we have a subreddit now, 
So go to r slash so scared pod and just post your stories there. We'll read them. We might talk about them in an episode later on or something. Like maybe we'll do an episode dedicated just to your guys' stories. If you want us to talk about your stories on the podcast, tell us in your post on the subreddit if you post on the subreddit. Like be like, hey, you can use this on the podcast. Like just let us know. If you don't want us to use it on the podcast, then like let us know about that too. But we'll read whatever you post on there. Check out our social media. Social media is all in the description. You can find me literally on everything as the Nemean Canon, even on YouTube. Uh, Caitlin's stuff is all different. So I mean, if you want to find her specifically, you'll have to look at the description because uh, she has different tags for things. <laughs> and also check out our, if you want to talk to us, email us. If you have suggestions for stuff for us to do episodes on, like conspiracy theories or true crime stuff like email us and you know suggest it to me but yeah i think that's about it don't forget to share the podcast don't forget to rate and review us on itunes not itunes apple Podcasts now they got rid of itunes it's apple Podcasts now rate and review us there and we'll see you guys next time have a happy fun and safe halloween yes be safe lots of candy And if you're old enough, maybe some alcohol. Bye, everybody. (laughs)